Good evening and welcome to Chase and Prophecy on FM 107.7 in New Orleans and 105.3 in Henderson Point, Mississippi. I'm so glad to be here today. I'm your host, Jenny Nicasio. And tonight, I want to say that we have a really good show tonight. We have Bob Kramer in the house and he is our... Well, let me just get make sure I have his... Uh, let me get my show notes... And there we go. I just want to make sure I don't screw this up because he's he's from my hometown. So I don't want to screw it up. So let me just make sure we're all up and live. Okay, we are. We are live. I just want to make sure. Okay, Bob Kramer. Um, he's he's going to be a really good guest tonight. And I hope you guys, all you ghost guys out there, um, are for a treat. We wouldn't really call it a ghost, so we're going to call it a little bit more, I would have to say demonic. So Bob Kramers, whose experiences on 3406 Browns, Brownsville Road. Now, a lot of you guys in Pittsburgh Paranormal are familiar with that area, so I want you guys to make sure you post in the chat, okay? Don't be scared. It's going to be a scary night tonight. Post in the chat um, any questions or comments for Bob. And if you guys, anybody out there that lives in that area, please feel free to chime in at any time. I'll put your comment on the screen. <clears throat> so the Brownsville Road Challenge is the very fabric of the ordinary, we have to say. And we've talked a lot about different stuff like this in the past. So we're going to get right to it. Bob's story isn't just about a haunted house, okay? It's about a family's confrontation with the unknown, marked by the unexplained phenomena and a powerful display of resistance. So I want you to join us as we dive into the gripping narrative that he's going to give us on the supernatural on Brownsville Road. So if you, like I said, if you are familiar with that um, area, please chime in. So I want to make sure you guys um, comment because he, this is going to be a, this is going to be a good one. So I know we talked about this. We wanted to bring him on in the past, and we never did. So we're going to try to do that. So I just want to see. Uh, hi, Sebastian. Good evening. I'm glad you're here with us tonight. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and bring Bob on to the stage. Hi, Cindy. Hi, Alice. Bob. Thank you so much for joining us tonight on Chasing Prophecy Radio. Um, we're in New Orleans, but I um, broadcast <clears throat> live in Pittsburgh. So we're on FM 105.3 in Mississippi and 107.7 in New Orleans. And we, we broadcast all over the country on SoundCloud. And we're on YouTube. We're on Roco tonight. So <clears throat> I just want to make sure you're welcomed. Okay. So, Bob, I know you used to be a county commissioner Right? Am I correct for Allegheny County in Pittsburgh? Yeah, 20, <clears throat> 20 some years ago I was. Okay. And, uh, okay. So you're just not, no, you know, you have a lot of, you're not, you're very, you know, your credentials are awesome. Um, so you put the book out in 2014. Okay. Um, and I want to make sure, I don't know why this isn't a movie yet. So I'm not sure why we don't have a screenplay on this, but. Go ahead and tell us, uh, tell our viewers and listeners all around the country, what exactly happened to you and your family? So let's start at the beginning. Um, well, there's a, go ahead. There's, that's quite a, a gigantic open-ended question. Okay. 
Well, initially, I, what I, attracted you to the house? Sure. Okay, For, I can, was when I can, you. I can go into. Let me let me do a little bit of intro on the story because okay, the story itself, um, I think is probably the one of the most unique, um, religious slash paranormal stories uh, that exist, and in fact, I believe that the whole this whole gigantic paranormal. Uh, genre of TV and films and 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 clubs. You know, every little town has its own paranormal research group. Yeah, uh, they go around in every little town everywhere. Um, it's and and I think the reason it took off um, the way it did, and and you know, the paranormal this this whole culture subculture. Mm -hmm. is probably only a little over 10 or 12 years old. And I think the reason young people and, and some older <laughs> ages of perspective, you know, uh, the older you get, uh, how young people are. I think that, I think, you know, when I was a kid, everybody went to church. Everyone had mm -hmm. a basic understanding from religion and God and the supernatural and belief and so on. And you believed in God or you believed in Jesus. But I think today with young people, younger people, middle-aged people, that slate has been wiped clean. Many of them have no concept of God, the devil, church, religion. They just live their lives. Maybe their grandparents went to church, but their parents didn't. They didn't. And, and, but there's a feeling inside them, I th think, that says there's more to life than just living this life and this body and living and dying. There is a spiritual realm, a spiritual aspect to our existence. And, and mm -hmm. I think that's why so many people are interested these days in investigating ghosts and investigating the paranormal. Yeah. Um, when this first happened, and I'll certainly get into the, the introduction and the description of the story itself, but when this first happened, and as I was years into it, I would say and qualify my statements with the fact that, you know, initially we came to the conclusion we bought a haunted house, whatever okay. that was. I had no experience with ghosts in my life or my wife and had no interest. But after we were in this house for a few weeks, we knew there was something spiritual you going knew. on. Uh, yeah. Now it wasn't years later when it really, the whole situation blew up and it unmasked itself to what it was. It wasn't a ghost. You know, the ghost, a ghost is, is the spirit, uh, the lifeblood or the, 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 life consciousness of a person who died who you know once mm -hmm. lived and for whatever reason they're in this limbo um in eternity and they're tied to a place generally because of a circumstance or some tragedy but in our case like in the movie the exorcist another really okay. scary we were yeah. dealing with a demon now what is a demon versus a ghost as I just pointed out, a ghost is yeah. of someone who once lived. A demon is a fallen angel. A demon is a whole different category. And again, 
for me to talk about this, I've known it since I was a kid, but there are those that have no basis in understanding, you know, the Bible's teaching on angelic beings and, 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 and how the Bible talks about the war that took place when Satan rebelled, Lucifer rebelled against God and one third of the angels rebelled with him and they were cast out of heaven and cast down to the earth. And they are the cause and the culprits and the genesis of evil in oh, the yeah. world, true evil. So we were dealing with a very powerful demonic entity that possessed our house. And when I started to come to that conclusion back in the day, um, it's a classic question. Who are you going to call? What are you going to do? You can't you call Ghostbuster because it's not a ghost. Yeah, and and or there were no Ghostbusters. There were no paranormal. You know, there was one. Okay. And actually, initially, you know, I I saw the movie The Exorcist and so on. I ended mm -hmm. up going to the Catholic Church because um, they claimed to have a handle on this stuff. Oh, okay. They in turn brought in probably the first real research organization in this area from Penn State University. And they went later went on the great fame with their television program, Paranormal State. Uh, yeah, they were the first. That. And um, they got their, their start, their first real encounter. Um, not only, I, I can't say with the paranormal, with ghosts, but with the demonic. Mm -hmm. um, was, uh, was in our house. And I think out of that grew then their 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 rocketing to um, um, fame and 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 kicking off the whole paranormal um, genre, as I said. Okay. Now well, the unique thing about our story is though that I think it's been so well researched, and I think we're it's pretty well understood. Um, what happened, why it happened, and also that it came to a conclusion. Um, okay, Bob, just to back up, I just want to let my, um, I just want to back up just a little bit um, before we go and dive deeper. I just want to know, okay, so you knew of this house before. You didn't know, you didn't believe that there was any kind of unusual circumstances before you bought the house. Is that correct? Oh, I there. I never had any idea okay. that there was. Anything so wrong you didn't with know that house. there might be something. No. And so, when did your family first start to notice anything unusual, the occurrence in the house? Was this right away? Well, it was. It was just my wife and I. I would say th within three weeks after moving in, our children okay. were were uh, four, three, two, and a newborn. Okay, so, so they, they were too little to yeah. to see anything, and you called the um the paranormal group from Penn state. They came that, to your house. I mean, not, not when we initially moved. In. Okay. I mean, initially we thought, okay, there's a ghost, whatever that means. Hopefully we can just peacefully coexist and it, it'll be here and we'll be okay. And uh, we'll just uh -huh. live with it. Was there a particular event that triggered started that was triggered? It's oh yes. Out? There was. Um, uh, this is a giant 
Victorian house, mm -hmm. you know, and, and there's a grand staircase in it. Under that staircase is a very large walk-in uh, storage slash coat closet. And in that closet, as you reach in, as I said, you can walk into it and close the door. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a there's a light on the wall, an old Victorian style light, light with a pull chain, and you pull the light to turn it on. So I would open the door to kept my overcoat in in there, and we moved in in December, so I'm wearing my coat to work in the morning. So I open the door and I would reach for the light because it was black; mm -hmm. you couldn't see it initially. And I'd feel for the chain, and I'd go to pull the chain, and it would uh, it would be wrapped around the top of the light, or it would be very meticulously wrapped around one of the little screws that holds the shade on the light. And I would have to take the time and feel it, and you know, untangle it. So after that happened, probably two or three times, I I surmised it was my wife kept the vacuum cleaner in there that she was putting the vacuum cleaner in and, and, and giving the, the, the chain a tug and it was flying back up and wrapping itself around the light. So I asked her, um, when you pull the light, don't do that. Naturally, right away, she said, first of all, I don't do that. And two, I haven't been in the closet for a couple of days. And I said, that's interesting. So one morning I got my coat and we looked at the light and the chain was hanging straight. And I said, okay, don't go in the closet all day. And when I came home that night after work, walked in, went to hang up my coat. I called her. We opened up the door and the chain was wrapped around the top of the light. So with that event, we knew um, there was something going on. And well, I want to say I think there's something going on right now because the screen keeps getting messed up. I keep losing you. I don't know what's going on with this. Well, that, this that's crazy. not uncommon. <laughs> <laughs> it happens on a lot of my interviews. I'm kind of worried now. I'm down here in my studio by myself. <laughs> I'm gonna, so I'm going to take my... Yeah, I wish I could figure out what's going on. There's it used to be... An, I was able to put a smaller screen and it disappeared. This is really strange. I don't know well, what's going I've on. Been but in, go I've ahead. been in interviews where, where coffee cups coffee cups fly <laughs> off the table. <laughs> well, it's happening here, so I'm, it's kind of everybody's laughing in the uh, comments. I don't know. Well, this is crazy. It, it happens all the time. I'm sorry, but that's just oh, part of this that's, story. That's Evil crazy. doesn't so, like to be unmasked. Well, I'm going to keep putting it on you, and if I have to say something, oh I'll yeah. Great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's not good to out the mob. In this case, much more. No, it's not. It's not. I don't know what's going on. It's kind of weird. I don't know why it's doing this. I can't. This is really irritating. I don't know what's going on. But um, go ahead. I'll just try to. So in the we, screen there. Go we, ahead. We knew right then, uh, and then other things would happen. Uh, again, somewhat innocuous, not threatening. It'd come down in the morning and all the lights would be on on the first floor. Um, water would be running in the faucet. Um, furniture of chairs would be moved around. Um, we we, we kind of, my, my wife was really freaked out by it, but eh, I said, we'll learn to live with it. And after a couple months, um, I had, uh, my mother was Catholic. I wasn't any longer. I had become an evangelical christian and i but i asked her can you have one of the priests from your 
parish come down and do whatever they do. You know, bless the yeah, house, you bring the holy water, bring the smoke, everything. And um, it was very interesting that as he was on the second floor, and we, it was kind of a joyous event, and we had the kids, and and we were walking from room to room, and he had his holy water, and he was blessing each bedroom and saying a prayer uh, until he came to my son's bedroom. My son was three years old at the time, and he 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 j- rushed out in front of our little group. And again, this is a big house, big hallways and so on. And he stood in front of his closed door to his bedroom, and he put his arms on the on the uh, on the door casing uh, like a big X, his arms and legs, and looked at the priest straight then and said, "You're not allowed to come in this room." And that was odd, but as we would later find out the significance of that room and how much death occurred in that room in the past, um, we came to understand it better. So, um, you know, we, we had a number of red flags even when we were looking at the house to buy it, um, which I ignored all of them because I had been intrigued with this house. I grew up in the neighborhood. I spent my my childhood um, staring and, and, and looking at the house and wanting to go in the house and being fascinated with the house. And the first time I was a- actually able to go in the house, to look at it, I was looking at it also to buy it, and uh, so um, to me, it was it was fate that when I left the military and moved home to Pittsburgh, the same week this house was going on the market for sale. To me, it was it was providence, providential. So, how, how many was there? How many martyrs were in that house? Two. Well. I'll say, well, first of all, there was there was a uh, a massacre that took place in the front yard oh in my. 1792, before the house was built, but right on the land. Um, there was an Indian war after the revolution, and uh, there was a raiding party that came and killed a mother and her three daughters, and they're buried in the front yard. That's and we that, believe they're buried in the front yard still to this day, or did they come and take them out? Front yard, yes. Oh my God! No, well, There's I mean, no way I would live there. I'm sorry, I just couldn't see living there after all that. And then you and continue then, to stay uh, there. The rest, the rest of the death that took place, um, we surmise we weren't sure the exact uh, years. Uh, because it was Ill- illegal activity, but the house was used in the 20s, and we surmised the 30s um, as an illegal, illegal. Uh, it was all illegal then, an abortion mill. Um, so people, oh my who, God! Who come, an abortion. A room that my son would not let them into. My son's bedroom was the doctor's operating room. Oh my God! Uh, Alice so wants to know. Hundreds. Hundreds of children were killed in, in you know, whatever, whatever you're, some, you know, people get all worked up about abortion and it isn't killing or it, they, they, they died, you know, they died mm-hmm. and they would burn the uh, remains That's in the furnace. Better, Michelle, I think, I'm sorry. My, um, the producers in the background trying to fix our screen. <laughs> we want to see your beautiful, handsome face. <clears throat> So Alice wants to know why why were you so interested in the house as a kid? 
I, you know, I, I don't. Well, first of all, I'm not the only one that admires it. It's a very, very. It's beautiful. Unique. It's a beautiful. Yeah, it's yeah, like, it looks the, like the, something that should be in New England. Um, it, it doesn't match the typical Pittsburgh type three story mm -hmm. brick houses that all look the same. Very unique cedar shake, brownstone, those big white pillars. It's unique. But for me, I felt. I felt drawn to it. I felt this this magnetic at attraction to it from my earliest, you know, I'd walk by that house when I was seven years old, uh, back in the day when seven-year-olds walked around town all day and uh, you didn't know where they were. Um, I'd stand in front of the house and stare at it and always wonder about it and want to go in it. And so that, you were drawn to the house. Drawn to it. and You were and, drawn as a kid? Yeah, okay. it um, it continued on into my adulthood. Um, in fact, when I came home from the military and we came home one week um, to, well, really, I left the military and I got a job in New Jersey um, and with a defense contractor. And then and then I got a, I was transferred to Pittsburgh. So um, anyway, I was a, mil a career military officer prior to that. And when we came home to, to look for a house to buy, I didn't plan to live in that in this community where I grew up. You know, I want to move up. I want to move up to the, you know, a couple of rungs up the ladder. But mm -hmm. my mother said to me, and she was a retired real estate broker, so she knew this. She goes, "Oh, by the way, um, before you look at any other house," she said, "Your house is going on the market." And when she said my house, I instantaneously. You know, there's a, if you're from Pittsburgh, I said, nah, -uh. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah, you hear that guys, uh, you have any, if you have any questions for Bob, please post. Forbidden history, grisly ghosts, monstrous cryptids, and harrowing folklore dominate Japan's history and culture. Mysterious Japan is a bi-weekly podcast presenting these spine-chilling horror stories, urban legends, and unbelievable histories in a campfire story format. Many of these tales have never been presented in English before. Our journey takes place where dark history and supernatural folklore collide. Mysterious Japan is produced, written, and translated by recognized Japan expert Dr. Heath Avey. Season 1 relates the unbelievable legends and ghost stories from the so-called suicide forest. Listen to Mysterious Japan for free on Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Learn more at our website at themysteriousjapan.com and be transported by unbelievable stories where the lines between reality and folklore become blurred in the shadowlands of Japan. Once again, that's themysteriousjapan.com. Okay. Now, after so, all um, this happened, do you the house was for sale. drawing you then, huh? Jolie wants to know, after all uh, this there's, has happened, there's a lot do you feel was there's the demon drawing you in? No, there was divine providence that I had. I was destined to have a confrontation with that demon. Um, you think you that were? I was only chosen and prepared because this was a very powerful demon. This is a very powerful story. Um, I think it's going to be a movie. It was almost a movie if COVID had not come along and mm, deep. Yeah, tell me. Um, we did have a deal with uh, New Line Cinema, um, and uh, it really gets bizarre. 
towards the end. And initially, I mean, it deals with reincarnation and, and the whole death thing and that that uh, a woman who died in the house, um, we call her the woman in white because I, she was a ghost. I've seen her. My kids have seen her. Uh, I haven't seen her in a long time. I think she's gone finally from the house. But uh, she was a, a young woman who died in the house from a botched abortion. Oh, God. It's so and horrifying. A, and a Catholic, this is, this is bizarre, um, a Catholic mystic, intuitive, uh, who's now deceased, that worked with the, with the diocese very, very closely uh, during the several years it took to exercise the house. Um, she actually said that I was reincarnated and that I was actually a baby who had been killed in the house and that woman was my mother. What? That is, she that's told what, you this. That's what she said. And that it was my destiny to come back and um, confront and see this evil removed i'm speechless what do you guys think jolie says oh she's asking about your movie she wants not many <laughs> not many people confront demons cindy said and here we go alice how do we know that it wasn't part of the demon staring at the house and ignoring your young kids babies and stay there i'm not sure i understand that do you get do you do you understand that quite I don't comment know either. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not really sure. Can you Alice, can you can you the demon Alice, can you rephrase that question so we can better understand it? While we're waiting for her. Um Julie also wants to know is the movie in production? That's interesting. I think New Lion will do a good job. Any word well, no, on when it will come out? There was, well, okay. So we, we had a, a deal for, they bought the rights twice for three years. The first time they bought it is not long, right before COVID hit. So Hollywood shut down. Then they hired a writer. They Apparently they, they wrote a screenplay and then they bought the rights uh, without question a second time. So I thought, wow, they're serious about it. They're moving forward. Mm -hmm. They bought the rights again, but then um, they didn't move it into production. So my agent continues to work on it. He's a he's kind of a cagey guy. He he he's he's the kind of person you know the hen doesn't cluck until the egg is laid. So he doesn't say much to me until he has a deal. Ah, he'll just call me up. Say, he'll just hey. call you. Okay. And he's Alice he's the top he's the agent in the in the in the country. Okay, I think this is. Oh, how do we know Mr. Kramer isn't a demon or evil and that was why attracted to, that's why you were attracted to the house how could he, how could you stay there with young babies and ignore him why not move is he in the house now they want to know if, why would you, why why did this happen to are you in fact a demon uh, <laughs> which is kind of strange but why not move and it was there a young well, that's, baby that's an excellent question that's in fact um, when I had my first conversation with a, a head of the Catholic diocese, he said to me, his name's Father Ron Langwin, and uh, 
he said, you have a decision to make. It's kind of like in the movie, The Matrix, the red pill or the blue pill. You know, you yeah. take the red pill, you wake up in your bed and you forget everything. That's <laughs> yeah. the blue pill, you go down the rabbit hole. And he said, you can you, you can make the decision to sell this house and move away and wish the, uh, the new owners well, like the people who sold us did. So sold it to us. Or you can stay and fight. And we will fight with you. I, I still can't understand why they, I mean, I, I know they don't have to tell you real estate people, but they didn't never told you any of this happened. Well, the thing is the, the, the folks that sold us this house, mm -hmm. they knew what was wrong with the house. That's why they were selling it. Uh, um, just too many things happened while we were viewing the house and, mm -hmm. and which led my wife to ask me to ask them, is there something wrong with the house? Okay, let's she back up. So your wife saw some things while you were looking at the house before you bought it. And oh, yeah. Yeah. you still yeah. moved so, so we were <laughs> okay. we, we were in the house. We were in the basement. And uh, my wife and myself and two of our children, my four-year-old daughter and my three-year-old son. And... And, uh, we were there looking in the basement, looking at the furnace. Mm -hmm. And my wife looked around and said to my daughter, where's Bobby? And she said, I don't know. So it's me and my wife and the husband and wife that own the house and, and my daughter, Jessica. And our three-year-old's gone in this cavernous house. So they head off up the steps, my wife and the, and, and the woman. And, and they come into the front of the house right by that mysterious closet. And up on the staircase, which goes up, you know, it goes up to one landing and then it reverses and goes back another direction up to the the um, balcony that goes around the foyer. And he was standing on that landing shaking. Just like he saw a ghost and the woman rushed ahead and, and embraced him and said to him, my wife's listening and watching. Oh, honey, what happened? Did you see something? So right away, my wife says to herself, what do you, what, what kind of question is that? Did you see something? So she later told me and, and she said, I, I get the creeps with this place. I don't like this house. Uh, there's something about it. And what happened? And you Boston? still bought the house. <laughs> I, I don't understand. I would not have said that. I don't know, Bob. So, so later I asked the guy and, um, well, when I, when I made the offer to him, I knew what they were asking for it. And uh, I know how much money we had and we could afford the asking price. Um, but you, you always make a counter offer to start with. So I, I asked, it was probably 10 or at least 10,000 less than what they wanted for it. So I made that offer thinking we would negotiate Maybe it was more than 10,000. This was 1988. He holds his hand out right away and says, sold. <laughs> like, we're done. We're out of here. And yeah, I would have been out of there. Just one moment, because we, we got so many things going on in the chat. But I just want to let all our listeners on 107.7 FM and 105.3, we're listening to Bob Kramer from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, his story on this demon in Browns, is it was it called the Demon about Brownsville Road? 
the book? Demon of Brownsville Road. The Brownsville so Road is a main road that goes into Pittsburgh. So if you if you tuning in just now and in the chat, if you're just tuning in, I want to say hello. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. If you have a comment, it's kind of hard for me to keep you know interrupting. I don't want to interrupt him while we're on a roll here. So if you have a comment or question, I'll put it on the screen. Bob, you can see the screen, can't you? The comments and questions. I can. So if you see anything um, that stands out and you want to answer that, please do. Okay. Um, so you bought the house. You got a good price on the house. Yeah. So um, I, I said to him, his name was Jim, or he went by Seamus. They were an Irish couple. And I said, Jim, is we were in the kitchen. I said, is there anything wrong with this house? Now, you would think with just that question, he was asked me to qualify. What what do I mean by wrong? You know, the window, well, the windows needed change. The furnace needed change. A lot was wrong that needed to be fixed. Sounds but like it. He knew right away. Yeah, the house right now is 115 years old. Um, he knew right away what I meant. Because he said, oh, no, the house is fine. In fact, we've had mass in the living room twice. One of my kids had his first communion in the, in, in, in the, in the living room. Now, having been raised Catholic, I know that nobody, nobody has first communion in your living room. You know, that's kind of a big deal. And two, they don't take mass on the road. Um, no. You know, maybe they'll have mass, uh, you know, come to my house and say mass. It, it happens in, in a church. Maybe they'll bring you communion to your house, but they won't say mass in the house. No. Um, but I later found out there is a time when that happens, when it's part of an exorcism. Uh, and it's And it's done to combat the presence of evil. Uh, because the 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 um, uh, transformation of the creation of the Eucharist during the Mass mm -hmm. is very holy and is a powerful weapon against uh, evil. So he they had Mass in their living room twice. Um, a number of months later, that spring, uh, as I was in the front yard one day planting flowers up near the front of the property, mm -hmm. and shovel hit a small metal box um and and it wasn't too deep and i took and dusted it off it wasn't old it apparently had been placed there uh relatively recently it was like a a metal box for cough drops or something you know and so i opened it up and there's these religious catholic uh rosaries and scapulars and holy holy things in this box so right away, I mean, and we, we, we already knew by that time we had spirits in the house. So I went right in, called him on the phone. They only moved a few blocks away. I said, Jim, can you tell me about this box that I just found? He says, yeah. He goes, put it back. That's all I can say. Bury it back where you found it. Now, later on, I would also discover that when houses were being blessed and that there was, you know, the church was doing, uh, taking steps and measures to uh, confront evil. One of the things that done is done is holy objects are, are buried at the four corners of the property. And I found okay. one of them up on the property. So um, anyway, that, that's the, you know, that was like the first year. Oh, how did you, did you just, uh, how did you know it was there? Was it 
were you, were you drawn to it that did you had to you know get a shovel right what made oh, well, you go no, there? It, was, it was it was actually they had before they sold the house there were the, the house just was surrounded by because it's so old big oak trees Mm-hmm. And they had a number of these trees removed. So there was a spot in the front corner where a tree had been and the stump was ground and it was a perfect place to plant flowers. So, okay. and it was also a perfect place to bury this box that they buried. So as I was just had a hand shovel, you know, and I was digging it up. I came across this box. It was only, you know, probably eight inches under, under the ground. And that's where I where I found it. And what was it? What was was what, what kind of statue was it? Was it rosary beads? I, I can recall there was a something called a scapular in it. Oh yeah, I have. I actually I sleep with one at night. Okay, well that's good. I almost I was going to wear my rosary beads tonight because <laughs> I was. I don't evil, like talk. I, mean, evil, I could kind of evil hates hates yeah. rosary. I know. Hates that's rosary. why. That's why I. I uh, I should have worn it. Now I have to worry about going to bed tonight. I know you guys all think, what the heck are you doing about paranormal? I'm a devout Catholic. And I, I talk about this stuff because we it's so important that we ha- you know, have light in our life instead and of I'm the darkness. I'm a Catholic as well. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't like talk. I mean, John Ventry, he should be on the show tonight because he is he had some demonic things in his house. But he's pretty busy. Uh, he's one of our co-hosts that always comes on. He used oh, to be I, on. I interviewed with him years ago. Yeah, he's really interesting. He used to be on here regularly, and then he got he was involved. He was yeah, running he for had governor. To a couple of his MUFON comps. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's where I met John. But he always talks about the demonic, and he he believes that all these hauntings and um, ghosts are demonic. He doesn't. Uh, he's. He, I don't even I have to ask him if he even believes in ghosts. I mean, I do because I I mean, I know because I I've had experiences with my loved ones who have passed away. I don't want to experience demonic stuff at all. Um, this scares me. No, I, uh, I think, I think ghosts, there, there's a clear there's a there's a division and there's a, a, a difference between them. I, I personally believe that ghosts have something to do with the Catholic do- Catholic doctrine of, of purgatory. That there's yeah. some type of a of a gulf between well uh, heaven and the, and I you know, think they hang eternal. loved ones hang around because they don't want to leave their loved ones they want to make sure they're okay before they go on to their final destination uh, that's what I believe but before um because it, it, we only have an hour here but I just wanted to ask you um okay now you did confront this demonic presence. <laughs> It took two years, and um, okay. it was uh, it, it it was a one on one. I mean, up close and personal. I talked to this thing. I would be in the same room for it with it for hours. I mean, I knew this thing. We would have like I'd have conversations with it. Um, it was um, it was quite the experience. That's why I say I generally preface my talks. With, you know, people say they have faith. They have faith in God. They have faith in they believe this and that. And they're sure they have faith that it's, you know, they read the Bible. Yeah, I believe it. I really believe. To me, faith, I'm well beyond that. I'm like someone who saw Jesus walk on the water. I mean, I've I've lived not once, not twice, had one experience, freaked out. No, I mean months on end on a daily basis dealing with a supernatural being. 
To me, it goes without saying. It's all true. Devil, mm -hmm. Jesus, the cross, it's all true. There's no question. None whatsoever. I've lived it. I've seen it. I've experienced it. I've smelled it. I've tasted it. Um, I, I, you know, we would have confrontations on a daily basis from 7 to 11 at night for a long time, me and this thing. Um, who could force the other out of the room? Uh, it, it, was, it was just so crazy. It was a confrontation. It was a battle. This thing wasn't going to leave. It was a very powerful demon because I believe, I think destiny, maybe after I'm gone, maybe after I'm dead, um, when this world really gets bad, I think there's a message in this book that's extremely powerful. It's a message that attests to the, to, to the, to the existence of, of pure evil, apart mm -hmm. from human intentions, I mean, demonic evil. And it points to the power of God uh, in defeating that evil. Um, and it's a powerful book, and I think that's why uh, the devil takes such, such exception to it, or I should say mm -hmm. evil. And messes um, with electronics. <laughs> there's there's two questions and comments. One was, um, how do you believe in reincarnation? You don't. You believe in reincarnation, but the Catholic doctrine says you shouldn't believe in reincarnation. Um, That's a good question. That's a good question because when this, that wasn't something I made up. That was told to me by this unbelievable lady. Connie Valente, who was working for the Catholic Diocese. She told me that. I said, oh, come off. Now, what are you talking about? My mm -hmm. initial reaction was the same as your listener just was. No, that's mm -hmm. crazy. Doesn't, doesn't exist. Until I began to research it. And I found out and read, and I continue to research it, that uh, probably I, I, you would consider this guy one of the early, early bishops of the church, just maybe in the 200 years, of the beginning of the church. His name was Origen of Alexandria. Mm -hmm. He's like the Thomas Jefferson of Christianity. He's the one who laid out the doctrine of the Trinity and so much of the doctrine. By the way, he believed in Christian reincarnation. So in about the year 500 was one of the councils of the church when they were still trying to, de to decide what the beliefs and what the doctrines of the Catholic and the Orthodox Church was. And they said, you know, this guy's writing, it's way above the heads of average people. We can't mm -hmm. preach this. It's too complicated. So they said it was a heresy and they, and they cut it out of, but it had existed for hundreds of years as part of, of, part of church doctrine. Okay, uh, Julie can't understand why you would talk to a demon for an hour. What did you talk about? Generally, it was always a confrontation of why and if when it was going to leave the house. That's what it was all about. It was going to leave the house. Now, you, you say what you know? What made you stay there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and Alice wants to know what happened to the house. It's it, you don't live there, do you? I'm sitting in it right now. He's still living in it, guys. It's a bed and breakfast. It's a very <laughs> probably one of the most popular bed and breakfast. People spend the night there. Oh yeah. <clears throat> okay. Well, I mean, 
the reason I turned it into a bed and breakfast, okay, so I have this gigantic investment. It's inexpensive. You know, it's worth money. And I write this book that's true about all these problems. So I turned it into a bed and breakfast uh, because I knew the house was clean. I know the house is fine now. Okay, the house is clean now. Okay, so you had some kind of, you had an exorcism. Yes, for two years. For two years. That's how long it took, yes. It took two years for that presence to leave. A little over two years. Started it. I'm just fabricated that you would stay in this house with a demonic presence for two years. I, I, and I think everyone in the audience here listening feels the same way. Like, well, I, just, I guess, you know, there's three, there's three answers to that question. One, I think going back to Providence, I think, you know, God made me a, a, a certain, certain way. And this is my house. It's a house I always wanted. It's the house of my family. I own it. Uh, I'm not leaving. I'm not giving it up. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not leaving. Two, um, I'm not going to sell this house to somebody else. I'm not going to give this house to somebody else like it was given to us. And three, yeah. I think most importantly, um, I knew. I was confident. I had faith in the beginning that ultimately good could overcome evil. Now, I didn't know it was going to take over two years. I didn't think it was going to be as that I would be such an integral part to it. I thought the priests would come with the hats and the smoke and the incense and kind of do their thing and it would be over. Not hardly. Okay. Uh, Julie wants to know, how do you know for sure this is like, how do you verify the house is clean? Or do you have everything stopped? No activity? No, there's nothing. You know, I still have kind of a post-traumatic stress syndrome. Um, I'm always, you know, like a radar in my head, every little creak and bump and so on. Is there a ghost here? There was a ghost here. The woman was still here for a number of years, even after the exorcism. She's gone. I haven't seen her. Alice wants to know, were the kids in the house during fighting a demon? Were they there while you were confronting the demon? I mean, you yeah, said they were very was, small, was, but no, they you were in the they house were for a while. They were they were teenagers by then, but that and how was did, okay? So they're teenagers. How did they react to this demonic presence it in the hurt, house? It hurt two of them very badly. It did. How did it hurt them? Psychologically, mentally, we two of them. They had to go to drop out of school. We had to put them. My wife at one point was committed to a psychiatric um, ward for several weeks. She was, you know. In her thirties, yeah, it was, um, it was pretty bad. So, your children were affected by this demonic presence while they were, and they're still. Do they still have problems? And did you? Why didn't you? If you saw that your kids were in danger, why would you stay in the house? I was just stubborn that I wasn't going to give the house up, and we weren't going to give it up as our home. And I thought, um, if I moved the family out of the house, I would be admitting that we were going to move. Now, what I did do, um, my daughter got married young. Um, Mm -hmm. She was 19. And for a time, her husband um, and her lived here and and our grandson, they had a little baby um, on the third floor. In fact, right where I'm sitting now was his nursery. 
and uh, it got bad for him. And I, I actually rented them a house and moved them out. Okay. Uh, Mark Christopher says, is asking, having gone through such an ordeal, how, has your belief in God increased? And if so, would you recommend others who may be going through the similar ordeal, such as the one you went through? What would you recommend to them? Well, I wouldn't recommend this situation to anybody because it profoundly, profoundly, profoundly changed me as as an individual. My life after after um, publishing the book has not been easy. Um, as I said, when you're out the mob, when you take on evil, um, mm -hmm. when you do what I did in 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 writing a story that unmasked and tells the story. Um, yeah, two, I mean, two, all of these two, comments, they're just, they're just two marriages like, gone, two divorces. Of, oh, wow. Yeah. Well, if, you're, if you're being chased by a demon, um, but, uh, Alice said, why, okay. Why did you do this to your family and how are they now? Was it worth it? Everyone's okay. They're, they're, they're kind of all on their, I mean, the, the kids are close, but, um, um, uh, my 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 oldest son um who was most profoundly affected by this had a terrible terrible time for about 15 years he though is probably doing the best now of them all another son who was the least affected by it um committed suicide in 2015 not well, long i'm yet. so sorry to hear that but after listening to all this um that's horrible um so your son yeah, it, suicide. Was, it, was, it was tough it was rough it destroyed my marriage and um do you think that had something to do with living in that situation with a demonic presence i mean well, yeah i mean you go to war you get shot it's not a good place to be. And, uh, um, but I, I think that it happened for a reason. I think the story was, uh, is, a, is a very powerful story. I think God wanted to be told. I think he prepared me as an individual to not only fight the battle, but gave me the talent to write what amounts to a pretty good book. I mean, a lot of people will say they start reading the book and they'll read it in two sittings. Sometimes straight through. Yeah, I did hear. I did hear the book. I didn't read the book. I would like to read the book. Um, but I did hear it was a very good book. Um, very interesting. And but unfortunately, I'm just. Like it, they're, they're, it's it's you know it's four out of five on Amazon, and you know the fours are all you know the, this is the best book I ever read, and the people who don't like it hate it. They hate it. I mean, they will write reviews that are paragraphs and paragraphs about what a bad guy I am and what I did to my family and how I'm a narcissist. And oh, well, yeah, we're getting we're getting a lot of comments like that that ego had something to do with it. Um, and Mark Christopher says, "Sorry for your loss." Yeah, that is horrible. Um, well, I think I think in order to to endure it and stay with it the way i did i think you have to have kind of a crazy ego you know whether it's good or bad now um, i would be on the first 
bus out. Uh, there's no way I would stay in a house that was uh, had demonic press. I just, I'd be. I mean, well, I'm speechless. I, I, as as Jolie and everybody else is saying, they just can't imagine staying staying in that situation. Um, I want to know if you were psychologically evalu evaluated, Bob. Um, I don't. <laughs> I, uh, do anybody would say, in, I mean, the first thing a priest would do, they would come do an exorcism. But I think I would, of all the demonic presences, you would not want to stay. You would not want to live there. You would not have. I would take my family out and never again. I mean, so I, 2014. Funny. Let me tell a quick story about being psychologically evaluated. <laughs> um, when I when I left the military, I, I had a job with AT&T Bell Laboratories, which was working on highly, highly classified programs for the NSA at the time. And I was the guy kind of in charge of it all. So the NSA brought me down to Langley Hall and they worked me over for two days. Lie detector tests, psychological evaluations. I mean, just, it, it was, I felt like I was psychologically raped. And when I was done and the woman who was looking at my um, psychological profile. I remember her comment. She said, I've been doing this for 20 years and I have never seen results like this. <laughs> I got the clearance though. <laughs> yeah, you got the clearance set. So, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, let me see what else. I wanted to ask you a couple more questions. Okay, so has... How is your faith now dealing with all this this entity? Can you elaborate on your beliefs now? Are yeah. are you still Catholic? It's kind of it's kind of tough. I mean, <clears throat> I've been through some pretty heart wrenching, uh, you know, trauma, divorces, and child death, and and other things, and um, uh, persevered through it. Um, you know, there was a time in my life I was very, I um, wanted to be a minister and I had all the answers and, you know, I know the Bible uh, and what it says in front of the back. And now I don't know what I know. You know, I think that I think so much religion is superficial. It's a half, you know, it's, it's, it's a mile wide and an inch deep. It goes a lot, lot deeper than people realize. And, okay. and, and I was down into those depths and, and the only thing uh, I can say, I just wanted because we're running out. I'm just trying to. We have a couple more minutes left. Um, before I let you go, uh, what was the most horrifying, terrifying experience that you experienced in the house? And you still lived in it. Um, I think that the, the the most bizarre, and Connie told us that this would happen months before it happened, and a year into it. The priest had said, we'll know a year if we're, in a year if we're making progress. And a year into it, we weren't making any progress. It was terrible. And I was ready to, to, to bow out. I was ready to throw the towel in and, and move out of the house and say, forget, this stuff is nuts. And I believe it knew that. And it was, it was, it was celebrating victory. And what it began to do um, to mimic the priest 
who would throw holy water, clear holy water on the walls and, you know, all over the inside of the house. It did the same with a dark red substance that looked exactly like blood. And this blood began to appear all over the walls and the ceiling dripping down the walls, starting on the third floor, the second floor, then the first floor, and even into the basement. And it covered the house. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, every, every two feet or so, but every wall had these drips of this substance dripping down the walls. We had to change Mark, all the wallpaper. Mark Christopher wants to know, do you feel that your experiences led you closer to God? Yes, no question. As I said, my 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 belief is not no longer faith. It's no longer faith. It's beyond faith. It's certain certainty. Well, if sure. there's any more questions, let me know because we're going to have to let him go because um, we're getting close to the witching hour. Um, I'm, I'm kind of speechless. Of Road. <laughs> the demon of Brownsville Road. Yes, it's. Uh, I'm speechless. Um, I'm listening to all the comments and questions regarding like Alice wants to know, don't you think you put this trauma on yourself and your family by, by staying there? Um, I did, but I, I, I truly believe as Connie said, it was, it was foreordained. It was a battle that had to be fought. I think. It's, so you it's think beyond. you were definitely were supposed to confront this demonic presence. This yes. was your life's. Absolutely my life's goal yes yes and the, the demon question. is gone now and you're renting out the space as a bed and breakfast <clears throat> yes is that yes. correct <clears throat> so if anybody <clears throat> is interested in staying there you can probably get a hold of him on his website what is your website um well the book's website is uh demon of brownsville <laughs> the 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 bed and breakfast again is very nice we had people here this weekend I'm sure it is i'm sure it is yeah it's called the brownsville road house okay guys you hear it if you want to stay there get in touch you can go ahead and have a great overnight there <laughs> i wouldn't do it though i'd be too scared but thank you so much and i wish you the best of luck on the movie i can't wait i will definitely watch it when it comes out it was a pleasure. Interesting conversation. The new television you. program is going to be produced. The, third, the fourth program uh, uh, this uh, later this winter. So good. That's it's something to look forward to. Um, I think it would be a fascinating movie. I will definitely watch it, and I'm sure I'm sure Alice will and Cindy will. <laughs> I'm not so sure about. I think it was Joe that just left. Okay, <laughs> Friedman. But thank you so much for joining us tonight. Sure, I really appreciate it. Oh, no, it was a pleasure. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Well, that was quite the interview, I must say. Uh, I definitely am with you all. Alice, Cindy, and I'm with Joe uh, Friedman, wouldn't have left. John, I wish you wouldn't have left. Um, I know it's kind of... Um, Unusual for somebody to actually stay in a house that has this, not a ghost, but a demonic presence like on Amityville Horror, uh, The Conjuring, Annabelle stuff with uh, 
those aren't ghosts. Those are demons. And uh, I would definitely have to have my house exercise before I even would sell it. But knowing the fact that he knew that it was unusual, like they had all these weird stuff going on. Like, why would he stay there? I don't understand it. Why? And I feel for him uh, that he lost his son through suicide. I mean, that's, that's horrible. Um, but honestly, he put it out there. He put it out there. And, uh, I am definitely going to have to sleep with my rosary beads tonight. <laughs> Jolie, I know. His family didn't like the house and he still purchased it. Like, what the hell was he thinking? I understand that. Now, as he's a demon, he's drawn. He was drawn to the house because he's a demon. Well, I wouldn't go far as to say he was a demon, but uh, I understand what you're saying. I mean, it's it's unusual that he would stay there. I didn't sell it as a bed and breakfast. I don't understand it. I, I Alice thinks he's a bad father. I'm deaf. Well, I can't judge him. I won't do that. I mean, like that. Uh, but I'm running a little bit over because I'm only supposed to be here till eight o'clock, and John Kelly into the night's going to get mad at me. But this is something that you guys can probably pick up with him. Um, I don't know. You you, know, you can ask him a question. He lives in Pittsburgh, um, so I, I'm just flabbergasted, and I would love to, Mark Christopher, what. while you were thinking when you read the book yeah it's like why would you do that but uh i would like to continue this um this is crazy still a great show but thank you um very interesting <laughs> alice <laughs> i love you alice <laughs> yeah come on this guy's terrible he's like yes uh I'm, I'm seriously um you guys gotta pick us up with sean into the night um oh i wish i could just keep talking Demons don't cast out demons. Yeah. Well, there you go, guys. Mark Christopher said that. So, all right. Well, I, the bed and breakfast, I know it's a gimmick, but thank you. I love all these comments. Thank you so much for joining us on FM 107.7 in New Orleans and 105.3 in Mississippi. It was a pleasure. Make sure you can watch it re over on Roco and YouTube. Love you. See you later, Cindy. I got to go before I get, uh, text message from Sean Kelly. <laughs> okay. Have a good night, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. It was a pleasure and it's not going off. <laughs>